Welcome to the Black Psychologist Podcast, where we have conversations and give insight into human behavior and promote mental health wellness. I'm Dr. Kyle Osborne, and with my co-host, Dr. Jason Coleman, we'll discuss health topics, everyday life issues, and try to give you a better understanding of yourself, other people, and the world around you. So just sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll leave with some information that'll have you live in your best healthy life. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. And welcome to the Black Psychologist Podcast, also known as the eighth wonder of the world, where you come for the information, but you stay for the entertainment. We're back like we never left. And thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Give us five stars, rate us, review us. Anything less than five stars is uncivilized. For those that do not know, I am Dr. Kyle Osborne, one half of your humble and gracious host. He is I and I am him. And of course, you all know I'm not flying this aircraft by myself. I'm here and I'm joined by New Jersey's finest, my esteemed colleague, my friend, my brother, Dr. Jason Coleman. What's going on, bro? What's going on, bro? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I can't complain. You know, we had a snow day today, but it didn't, it didn't really snow all that much. So I'm happy about that. Um, but I can't complain. What's up with you? That's a man. Yeah, same same here. It looked like a, like a winter cyclone when I left out on, on the way to the hospital today and then by the time i left everything was gone you couldn't even tell that it snowed yeah that's the same type of situation we have man so but i'm not mad because the traffic on the way back to the crib was great it was almost like nobody was on the road yeah, uh, nobody out nobody out there huh exactly yo man you um you catch the the of course yo to me I, listen i'm gonna tell you right now i think you know that that was one of the better Super Bowls that I've seen. Um, and listen, you saw greatness, you know what I mean, in the flesh, right? Um, because all we heard, yeah, hold on, I'm trying to fix my, my view, but all we heard all year was about Brock Purdy and what he was and what he wasn't. And we found out what he was. And, and he, what, he was what we thought he was, right? He's, he's, he's a very good quarterback. But at the same time, you got to see greatness unfold, right? You got one chance to get it in. You know, you want the greatest player on the field is going to rise to the top. That's that's my home. So, Patty Mahomes, man. Patty Mahomes. Yeah, so, I mean. Becoming that guy you do not bet against. Yeah, I mean, yo, it wasn't really no surprise to me because I'm not talking about all season. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm saying for that one game, there's no way I was going to bet against him. No way. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's that guy. Do you, uh, you catch the Super Bowl? Hmm? I mean, um, you catch the, the halftime show? Oh, yeah, 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 man. I, Earth listen, Earth? I, thought, I thought Usher did a good job. I don't know what people are talking about, man. Like, I mean, I, I, the fact that some people even had, like, harsh opinions of, of his performance, I'm like, people are going to complain about anything. Like, And I started thinking about past Super Bowls, and I was like, well, which performance has people not complaining about and i couldn't really find one so what'd you think about it no he did a great job uh i have to be honest with you i was hating on him a little bit because 
the fact of how he was moving when he was like on the skates, you know, had me a little hurt. <laughs> he didn't do that, right? So Perfect. he's doing that at like age 45. So yeah, I mean, listen, man, the catalog is deep. Got you know, um, it definitely. I'm gonna tell you what it made me think about. It made me think about just if we're being honest, you know how far some of this music has come because, you know, he has a residency in um, uh, Vegas. You know, New Edition has the residency in Vegas. Um, Wu Tang got a residency in Vegas too. Yeah, and I, I was about to say I'm bugging, but I know there's a hip hop. It's crazy because I was thinking I don't know why I was why I was thinking Naughty by Nature, but uh, but um, so Wu has a residency you know, in Vegas. So I'm just, it's just crazy how far some of this music has gone in terms of its influence. So um, I think it's good for him, man. I mean, he's about to make a lot of bread. Not mm-hmm. the album. Um, he's announcing a tour. So it's about to get crazy. Yeah, man. Just in time for, uh, for Valentine's Day. All right. Yeah. It, is, it is that time of year again. And you have come to the right place for everything relationship and Valentine's Day oriented by the two love doctors. And that's what we're going to be today. We're going to be dishing out advice, recommendations, <laughs> a couple different, you know, romantic and relationship situations and getting the best advice from Dr. Kyle and Dr. Jason. All right. So first and foremost, right, we know that not everyone is going to have a date for Valentine's Day. Right. That's just what it is. Not everybody is as fortunate to maybe be in a relationship or have a partner or someone in their life. So it's also important that we help and give some advisement for individuals that may be alone on Valentine's Day. So that's where I wanted us to start off today. Uh, And the first thing that I feel like is really important, if uh, if you find yourself in a situation where Valentine's Day comes rolling around, and you may not be in a relationship or have a partner you're going to be spending it with. I think it's for me, I think it's important for you to be kind to yourself on that day. That's the first thing I'm going to recommend. And be kind to yourself and treat yourself, right? Engage in some, you know, some really important self-care. And that can look like indulging in your favorite food. Or maybe you leave work early, you go to the gym, you know, you get a good workout in. Or maybe you order some food from your favorite restaurant. Um, you know, get yourself a massage, something that you're treating yourself with, right? Something it's it's important the same way how we're kind to you, you know, your partner, your spouse, or whoever. Be kind to yourself, treat yourself. Um, I think that's really important if you are gonna be spending um Valentine's Day alone, that you take it upon yourself to treat yourself with that same love and kindness and compassion that you would treat your partner with. Um, so well, that's really important. I mean, I, I think that's good advice. Um off the top of my head, I guess I would say like a lot of things you want to pre-plan for it. So, you know, if you know you're the type of person that is going to be like hyper-focused on it, then you want to, you know, either fill up your calendar with events, things you can do that are you know, pleasurable, you know, whether it's going to a movie, whether it's going to the gym, staying at work late, if that's your thing. Um, also, you know, remember what we talked about about the around the holidays with like the Friendsgiving kind of theme, right? So, you know, remember you're not going to be in you're not alone on in that situation, right? Everybody doesn't have a date. Everybody's not in a relationship. Everybody's not happy in their relationship, right? So, there might be other people that you can get together with and 
you know, go get a drink or go get some coffee or, you know, just kind of hang out or even have a watch party, right? So pre-planning those around those things, you know, can kind of help ease the anxiety and, you know, give you a plan of having something to do. Staying with the social aspect of things that you just mentioned, um, I think it's something also in it, and kind of combining what you said with being kind to yourself, this is also an opportunity for you to maybe be kind to somebody else, right? Like maybe you come into work with maybe like treats or candy, right? For everybody. Maybe for like the office, maybe you buy somebody a coffee, maybe you get somebody, you send someone, you know, that's going to be alone. Maybe you send them flowers, right? Or maybe you get a card for them, right? Showing some type of kindness and compassion to somebody else or to others, right? So it's not only an opportunity for you to be kind to yourself and treat yourself, but it's also an opportunity for you to be kind to someone else, right? So it's not just a a, a day that's strictly just for couples, right? It could be for everybody. Like you said, if it's with a group of people, you guys getting together and hanging out. I think the girls or the, the women call it Galentine's Day, right? I think that's what that's <laughs> Or you getting with your homies and, and y'all just kind of hanging out, maybe getting a drink, happy hour, or whatever the case may be. Um, I think that's important. It's just also being kind to yourself and being kind to other people. Simple gesture, right? Could also go a long way and um, kind of maybe possibly filling that void. Um, right. And at the end of the day, you know, realize that it is a made up holiday, right? Um, <laughs> it's made up to get everybody's money. Um, and yeah, you know, people like to, you know, wear, wear red that day, but you know, everybody doesn't celebrate St. Patty's day. Everybody doesn't wear green. Right. So, but you're going to see it. Right. So you, you, um, you want to prepare, you know, kind of the same way. Right. Having kind of practicing that acceptance aspect of things also be very, very careful of the social media, right. The doom scrolling aspect. You know, it's going to be a day where people are going to be posting, you know, themselves and their partners, hashtag relationship goals are going to be like you mentioned, they're going to be at the restaurants. It's going to be a lot of posts. You know what I mean? You're at Ocean Prime, you're State 48, Roots Chris, all these are the different things that people post. Ah, all these are the different things. So be mindful of that. Right. Like you said, kind of expect that that's what you're going to see when you open your phone, or you're, you're on social media or on whatever site. Like that's just what you're going to see for the day. So not putting too much stock into all that um, and allowing some of those negative and those intrusive thoughts to kind of sink in. And, you know, you start to judge yourself and then you just kind of go on a downward spiral. Um, be very careful as far as what you see and like your time um, on social media tomorrow, because it's just it, you know what it's going to be like. We know what the whole theme is going to be and what's going to be posting. And, and it can get it can get ridiculous and overwhelming at times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So speaking of which, right. Speaking of, of dating, right. I want us to talk about something called contra dating. You familiar with that, Jay? I familiarized myself with it today, but I can't there tell you, you I've heard of it before. No. And for those of you that aren't aware of what contra dating, I got a little quick piece to share with everybody here. And I think that might be a new concept for a lot of people. And I, I hadn't heard of it. Right love maybe it's time to break free from the usual dating routine and give contradating a whirl 
Coined by the dating site Plenty of Fish, contradating involves stepping outside your comfort zone and dating someone outside your typical type. According to a 2023 survey by Plenty of Fish, 59% of British singles have embraced contradating, with one-third changing their approach after unsuccessful attempts sticking to their usual type, reports the Huff Post. Dating expert Eva Gallagher suggests contradating for singles looking to diversify their dating experiences. Reflecting on past relationships, relationships, Gallagher advises looking beyond superficial similarities and identifying the qualities that truly matter. Mind Body Green adds that meeting somebody in person beats online encounters as it offers a genuine view of their appearance, demeanor, and energy. Plus, you can be a more normal version of yourself if you meet someone in real life while engaging in activity. It lets you be your authentic self, unlike meeting a stranger for coffee. So why not give contradating a try? You might just find love in unexpected places. All right. That's what contradating is, right? Diversification. Jay, that's that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. All right. Now for me, I think everyone has a preference, everyone kind of has things that they value in a relationship or that they value in a person or a partner that they're seeking. You have your preferences, you have your your dating criteria. Um and I think at some point in time if you're continuing to subscribe to those preferences or those whatever those values, um, and you keep experiencing the same trouble or issue or things aren't working out, and you keep having these these uh these challenges um with the same type of people, I think at some point you do have to switch gears, right? You do have to, I guess, in the same vein as contradicting, you do have to kind of step outside your comfort zone. Because at some point you have to look at, okay, what's the common theme here, right? You continue, something, something's got to be switched up. You got to change at some point in time unless you're just going to continue repeating the same issue, right? So the same thing with the dating sites, you're going to have to figure out, okay, what aspect of that I keep repeating or am I keep indulging in that I keep running into the same problem? So that's kind of what my main takeaway was uh, with contradicting is that you got to switch things up in regards to whatever your purposes are, your values, because it, it doesn't appear to be working because you're getting the same result. I mean, I'm I'm absolutely in support of, of it because, see, this is the thing, right? People, like what we're what we're talking about mostly is again we're talking about preference, right? Um which is mostly going to come down to a lot of times like appearance and like image, right? Or like some characteristics, right? But the majority of it is physical or things that we can put on like a list. So it's going to be like somebody's job title, you know, their height, you know, what they look, you know. So again, a lot of this stuff is going to be certain basic characteristics of like phenotype, right? Like things that we see Right. So, but values don't fit in anywhere there. Right. So the only thing that contradating is really going to do is, is make you date, you know, somebody who's not in the package that you would normally be attracted to. Right. And at the end of the day, people can give you a list all they want, but you know, if you flush it out, they're not going to really know what attracts them to another person. 
mm-hmm. past a few things. You know what I mean? Um, now, over time, the values, I think, and that connection is what's going to probably keep you with somebody. Right? So the contradating doesn't compromise that. So, again, I think it's a good thing. Now, why would people push back against it? Because in their mind, right, they're going to have an image of, I see myself with a person that's th- that practices this religion, right? That's this race, that's this height, that does this kind of work, right? And they're going to fight you on it. And I think what this theory is kind of saying is every single one of those person, people that is a different, you know, whatever than you would usually go for, right? Height, job, race physical attributes, they might have these same values, right? So they might kind of be your perfect match and you might be overlooking them. So I think the contradating is is really giving people an opportunity to kind of expand their potential dating pool, you know? Um, but what is it going to require? It's going to require you going against, you know, what your, you know, preferences might be when it comes to appearance and characteristics right mm-hmm. so here's the thing Jay. what is the definition of insanity right don't I, get, I think i know where you're going man same it's thing over and over really. right so at some point in time you have to change stuff right what responsibility and culpability do you have on yourself in regards to where we we've heard so many different people Say, oh, I can't find this person. There are no good men. There are no good women. There's no good. So I keep running into this, these same type of people. Every person I'm involved with, the same thing happens. All right. Well, you need to switch up where you're finding these people, or you need to change, like you mentioned, those superficial characteristics, right? Like if you're looking for a certain person, you know, that makes a certain salary, right? Or you're shopping, or you keep going to one particular area to pick up you know, dates or whatever to find a mate or a partner and you keep running into the same issue, at what point do you go to a different setting? Right. Right. That's why also I feel like the contradating kind of fits in, in in terms of you have to change whatever you've been doing because you can't always just be, oh, it's the other people. It's always them. They're all, because that's how people, you know, they thought like these really blanket or broad type of general speaking, they're no good person is no good this and no you got to change what you're doing you got to switch it up and me like you said get out of your comfort zone i know that's uncomfortable for a lot of people because a lot of people don't like change and they're kind of maybe really fixated or you know stuck on a particular characteristic but what if as opposed to this person has to be six foot what if you get somebody that's five eight five nine right you're missing out because you're willing to overlook that physical attribute or phenotype because you're stuck on whatever height characteristic, but the other person is checking all the boxes. So at some point you got to switch things up somewhere. Right. I mean, listen, the whole time this conversation, like after it came up, I was thinking about, again, person I know, not going to mention their name, you know, but they're fairly close to me. I mean, listen, they've been literally dating the same person for years. It's a bunch of different but it's the same person, right? And every time they, if they win and if they solicit my advice, I tell them the same thing we went over. Like, yo, the next time you like somebody, turn around and run and go find the exact opposite person and date them, right? And that might be a soulmate, right? Because what I know is that what you think you want 
right? You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it don't work. work. It don't work. So, so you, you know, whether you, you know, so again, I think that kind of comes from, from this, right? Because now we're just speculating, but a lot of the people, this came from Prinya Fish, I think, right? And I think a fair amount of people on those um, dating sites would tell you, you know, that their dating history, right, involves dating the wrong type of person, right? That's often the same type of profile over and over again. So it's kind of the same story. Um, so again, I think it's a good concept. There you go. So some point in time, you got to switch it up and call it Audible or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. At some point, right? Um, right. Go, go to a different team. Um, speaking of which, all right, Gail King, right? We all know we're familiar with Gail King. She's Oprah Winfrey's, you know, best friend. She's a uh, news correspondent on, uh, the, one of those morning shows, I think the one on CBS. So she was recently on the Pivot podcast, um, and she was talking about some of the difficulties that she's had in, in uh, dating post uh, her divorce. And so she was on there um, talking about some of the relationship that she's been in, and she mentioned a particular situation that came up. And I wanted to get your uh, wanted to get your input on this. All right, let me let me pull this up real quick. Yeah. That just sees you for you. You know, I went on a date and I was really excited, very uh, excited about it. We had gone out maybe two months and then he said he really needed to talk to me. Uh, he wanted to have a private conversation. Okay, sure. What is it? Do you think you could lend me $4,000? And I'm like, oh, God. He jumped out with 4000 out the gate? Though? I know. It's so he funny. didn't test oh, the water? You know what Oprah said? Oprah said, God, I would have felt better if he had said $40,000. <laughs> I just went in your purse. There you go. There you go. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't carry cash. They just <laughs> asked you to cash app him now. Huh? You just could have cash tapped him now. I know, guys, but I was so crushed because here's somebody who was making, you know, six figures, successful. And when I said, you know, could I ask what it's for? He said, yeah, it was for uh, a, a child support issue and to pay uh, a payment on some furniture. And Oprah goes, oh, God, this is just getting worse. <laughs> and I said, okay. And he said, you know, this was Sunday. And he said, I promise I'll pay you back by Thursday. I promise I'll pay you Thursday. Okay. But I wrote it. I wrote it because I thought it had, it had to be very difficult for him to ask me. And so I wrote it and I just figured that would be that, that would be that. And he did pay me back on Thursday, but I didn't feel the same. I I didn't feel the same. I didn't feel the same, but he did, you know, to his credit, pay me back on Thursday, but it just, it it just changed the relationship for me. It changed the relationship for me. So in answer to. All right. There you have it. All right. So Gail King said she was dating a guy for a couple months and the guy asked to borrow four thousand dollars all right and he, you know she he paid it back to her but she said that it changed the relationship so my question to you is is that all right right not necessarily just the four thousand I mean, we can talk specifically about that situation but like if you're a couple months in is that okay 
to ask, you know, the person that you're dating for like to borrow money, especially say if it's a significant amount, not like, hey, I need a couple of dollars to, you know, go to the store or something, but like some, like a significant amount. Right. I mean, I would say no. Right. Well, I'll put it like this. It's not something that I would. Mm. Right. Um, as a general rule, I think it's a bad, it's a very bad idea. Right. Because most people are not like him. Like that she just said in the story, most most people with most people the story would have ended another way. Right. And he still owes me the four thousand. Or now he owes me eight thousand. <laughs> you know, or then I never heard from him again, right? <laughs> so that's what kind of made that story weird. Yeah. You know, I mean and maybe we could talk about that, you know, you know, separately, but yeah. Um, in general, I just think it's a bad idea, right? Um, just because in my experience, most people that ask you to borrow money don't really have the ability to pay it back, right? Um, you know what I mean? They're, they're really borrowing it and then they're hoping they can pay it back, right? In like my it's, borrowing, uh, it's a borrowing without the intent to return. Right, right. And my experience has always been whether it be family, whoever, like, like, yo, I don't really lend people money. Like, I'll give you money, but I ain't lending you nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because if you tell me you're going to pay me back in two weeks, like, yo, I expect it, like a check. Yeah, I, and I'm not even trying to be funny. I expect it like a check. I plan for it like a check. And if I don't get it, I expect to be informed about it early. And I want you to have a plan about when I'm going to get it. And if none of that happens and it doesn't happen in the sequence that I that I want, I'm very upset. Not a little bit, but very. Right. But 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 I'm telling but the same person is telling you the same amount of money Like I'll give it to you. But if you tell me you paying me back, you can really damage our relationship. Right. And I it changes but, the whole dynamic. because it comes from the premise of I don't lend people money I, that I need back. I can't afford to lose. You know, you know what I mean? So. I would say in general, no, right? But it's because I know that if we being honest, like like most people, if they borrow money from family, like they don't they don't look at it like it's more important to pay back family than the bank or the creditors, right? Um, so I would say in general, definitely no. I think it's a catch twenty-two in regards to relationships. I feel like absolutely like a, a a guy asking a woman like one, I don't recommend it in any situation. Right. Let me just start. I don't recommend it in any situation. Um, and. But I do feel like it's been more normalized or more accepted if the woman. Right. Like, so if this situation were the reverse, I feel like it wouldn't be as like, oh, he asked for four thousand and like y'all only been dating for two months. Like, not necessarily the amount, but I feel like men asking to borrow money from a woman, I think, despite what the time frame is, is is very abnormal, is looked down upon. Now, women, there are situations where you know and I know, right? Like, as we're being honest, we're having a real conversation. It could be two, three weeks, right? And if, if things have, you know, let's let me use the right, the right term here. If things have progressed in a relationship, right? Like, if things have been moving forward... You've, you know, and I know we've heard situations where 
the woman, and I'm generally speaking, all right, don't come for me, right? Generally speaking, the woman is, you know, they feel very comfortable asking for money, right? No matter what it is, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's expected, but I think in certain situations, right, depending on how things have been progressing, like it, it's not abnormal for you to hear like, oh, yeah, she asked me for a couple, for a couple of dollars. She asked me to pay for something. Yo, yo, but I think you're right, right? It is a double standard, right? Right. Which it, it, just, it just is the way it is. But you have to be, you have to, um, well, at least me, like, like you got to pay attention to what people say. And like, that's why I said that's a specific situation. That's not even really what we're talking about. Because what you have to, with, with that conversation, what is, is a person who is wealthy, right? Or connected to one of the most wealthy people on earth, right? And it's sitting around having a conversation with two millionaires who are football players, right? That's not even a, a like a, a conversation that regular people are going to, like like us would even understand. Because you got to remember what she just said. She said, Oprah said, I would feel more comfortable if he asked for 40000 right? So you got to remember, like, they're looking at it from the perspective of, why are you wasting your time with a man that's down? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like he had that excuse because in her mind, she's like, yo, if he, and I'm not, I'm just being, I'm being extreme, but in her mind, she was like, if he was running a hedge fund and he was down and he needed 40 grand, that's one thing. Like if his Bentley is, he needs 40 grand, but if he needs four G's to, to pay for that, he's just broke while you deal. Yeah. Like, prefer a church child. Right. So that's why I'm telling you like Gail King is out of her mind. Right. So I'm not even commenting on that because. She's because she said that and thought it was a normal thing to say, right? I just didn't look at him the same. So she's because, of, so what she's saying is, yo, I could never look at a man that had a bad day to say it, right? Because the world she lives in, like Oprah doesn't have bad days, she fires people and consolidates, right? That's what billionaires do. They don't have bad days. They fire people, sell businesses, and consolidate. Right. Even when they even when they lose, they win. So and that's a and that's a person who's a part of that world having a conversation with two people who are millionaires. So it's not a real like they can sit here and snicker and blah, blah. But it's not a real conversation. It's it's kind of like the Cheesecake Factory conversation. Mm. Right. It's, it, it's like the Cheesecake Factory conversation. Again, you talk you're talking about two two black people who are like famous. And they act like us, but they're not like us. They're rich. You understand what I'm saying? They're very wealthy, right? So that's why the other guy didn't understand the conversation. Because he goes to the Cheesecake Factory. Right. Right? But if you're selling books and you're on CNN and, you're, and you've been doing this for decades, you, you're not going to the Cheesecake Factory. The same way Gail King doesn't understand people owing you are having a bad week. A week, a bad week, right. and borrowing four thousand and paying it back—that's a bum to her. So that—that's why it's like you can't. That's why social media for regular people is like poison, right? Because when when normal people get those type of ideas in their mind, like they they sound crazy. Because it's a it's a crazy comment, bro. She said I would have felt better if he asked for forty thousand. 
Like you need some money for your startup. I got you. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she, what she's saying is, I would have rather him scammed me. I would have rather him went out for two months and been like, "Listen, baby, I got this big idea, but listen, the money is just held up. It's in my other account, and it ain't clear yet. So I need two hundred thousand. He could, he could have, he could have handled that situation a lot better. He could have wrapped it but, up. But it's, it sounds crazy, but yeah. that, like, when I was listening to it, bro, I'm like, yo, is she serious? Yeah, and that was the thing. Like, I, I think just overall, it's in bad taste, um, especially earlier in a relationship too much. And, I, and again, I think there is some missing information that also contributed to him feeling as bold to ask for money, period. Um, but it, it's just in bad taste, I feel like, especially like early months into a relationship where you're asking to borrow any type of substantial amount of money. Like, yeah, it, man, it's... It, it's one thing to be transparent and honest, but like just it's better off that you just be like, hey, listen, I know we're supposed to do something, can't do it today, but whatever. You see what I mean? Like coming out and saying, hey, let me borrow and I get it. Like we all have bad weeks, things happen, life happens. Um, but like you said, it changes the dynamic of things, right? It right. changes the whole dynamic of the relationship, of the whole hoarding, how they how they view you and all you know what I mean? Like it just yeah, it plants the seed for a lot of different things and it changes just the whole perspective that somebody can have on you. So yeah, I don't I don't recommend anybody asking, especially for a substantial amount of money. Yo, in the, it's, it's not what you want, bro. It's not what you want. And like I said, that dude, I mean, he was out of line anyway asking him for money because you gotta again read the room. Like you you dating Gail King, right? Oprah's best friend, everybody who Talks to him for five minutes, probably asking him for money, right? So, so I mean, read the room, bro. Like it, he felt like that's right. He felt like Gail had it. He was like, "Listen, give, me, give my shot." He's like, "Gail got me. She got it." Right, I, and I mean, and that was a bad calculation, you know. Again, she's wild too. Perhaps she was even looking at the situation, <laughs> but he should. I mean, you know, he sealed his fate when he did that. He jumped in a hole, and, and you know. That's a definitely from from the love doctor. That's a that's a don't 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 go out asking <laughs> for buddy and requesting to borrow buddy and and uh the it, it, it'll it won't go well. It won't have the results that you. you that, know. that was just weird though because he paid her back. He paid her back in such a a quick fashion. Like, but like, yo, you gotta. He she was disgusted giving it to him. She was just like she gave it to him. It was like yeah, that's over. It just it it activates so many red flags in the situation. You see to me, like it just activates so many red flags. You start the questions start to kind of pop up, and then yeah, now nah, we're not going to do that. You can't, you can't yeah, do it. yeah, you can't do it. Speaking of which, I have a question for you, bro. Uh, finances. All right, it's an either or. All right, now would you rather be in a loving relationship, making seventy five k, or mm-hmm. Would you rather be miserably single while making 300K, right, per year? So you're in a loving relationship making 75K, Mm -hmm. right? Or would you rather be miserably single while Mm -hmm. making 300K? Now, I got two two questions at least. Uh How long am I going to be single? No, that's it. You're single. You're single for 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 the rest of eternity. But you guys, you got three hundred k. 
Right, which I'm miserable though. Well, that that's the I know that's that's the point. But miserable, like yo, miserable is just miserable. I know, I know what miserable is. Yeah. So, but, I mean, but you then I'll gonna... take I'll take the loving relationship in a seven five k because for me, you just saying I got money, but I'm but I'm still like feeling miserable. I can't really enjoy the money. Essentially, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nah, I'm good. Give me the seventy five k. Seventy five. Would you? Which one would you choose? I'm taking the 300k, homie. All right, man. I mean, ain't, ain't that miserable about 300k? Yeah, you're taking the 300k, and if you think about it, what's going to end up happening is you're going to be in your mansion, and then you're going to have to invite me and my, and you know what I mean, and my loving relationship mm-hmm. over to your mansion, and we're going to be laughing, enjoying your stuff. And I will drink my sorrows away. It'll be fine, right on the, on, <laughs> on the hundred, on the plaza. That's because. Here's the thing, right? Even though you're miserably single, it doesn't mean that you're not like having like little one-off relationships that just not work it out. Right? No, this is what I was asking you. But, no, but, but, but you're still but, miserable. It, like your your relationships aren't working. No, but you're making you're coming to a conclusion that because the the person is having a a, a failed relationship every week, every month, every day, miserable. that they're miserable. miserable. It might not be miserable. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm being miserable. I can, company will come and they'll come and go, right? <laughs> and I'm gonna have my 300k and I'll be fine. I'll, I'll be Yo. Right. You see what I mean? Listen, I'll I'm take 75. I'm miserable about 300k and I will be miserable. I'll, listen, I will be that, that cranky old guy that's watching and, and, and being nice to you to your face, but, but hating on you behind your back because you got the nice loving family. All right. <laughs> that's gonna be me. And I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm I'm good. I'll be miserable. I got I got my I got my money. I'm straight. Hey man, hopefully you'll be charitable too. You'll yeah, be- yeah, yeah, man. There's gonna be other different things I can do to try to make myself happy. There's gonna be a void though. It's gonna be a huge void. But I will be miserably happy with my 300k. Nah, be all right. I don't want to yeah. be born single, bro. That'd be all right. I mean, modern medicine, the technology is advanced, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna be all right. I'll be. I'll get through it. <laughs> all right. I got another question for you. Right. Um, Krishan Rock. Are you are you familiar with her? Oh yeah. All right. So Krishan Rock. You know she's been in a relationship with um uh what's my man Blueface. Blueface. Yeah, Blueface. So earlier in the month or last month, mm-hmm. she went and got this huge face tattoo. Right. Blue. Right on the side of her face. Now, not to be outdone, uh, one of Blueface's other chicks also went and got like her back or whatever, like his name or something there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. The question I have for you is: Is it okay, or is it a good idea to have your partner's name, image, or likeness tatted on you? No, this is my personal. Opinion. If you're not married, it's a dumb idea. Mm. If you're married, I think it's cool. Okay. You know, because people put their kids on them all, all the time. I mean, listen, I know kids is, is even different than being married because, different. Yeah. because your kids are your bloodline. So right. technically, and this is going to be controversial to people, but whatever. You're supposed to be closer to your kids than your spouse. It, it is what it is. That's a bond that your, your spouse technically is a relationship that you have chosen to remain in to, for the rest of your life. Some of us. You know what I'm saying? If you're lucky. 
your children is a relationship that is a blood bond. So to me, it's supposed to be, you know, um, you know. So again, I think if you're not married, then you know you're 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 taking a big risk, you know. Um, you know, but if you are, you know, and that's kind of what you want to do, you know, express that love for your art, then that's cool. But you know, what you think about it? I think what happens is that people think that they find like the love of their life. Um, you know, they and they want to commemorate the relationship. They want to, you know, some type of symbol that that showcases like their everlasting love for one another or for that person. Um, and as opposed to like the traditional, um, you know, memento of, like jewelry or something rather, right? They want to do something more permanent and that that can be showcased. And then they, and that's where they go with the uh the tattooing aspect and um no i i've i've uh i'm i've never been a fan of it um even the stats say i think 30 percent of individuals that do get like their their uh partner's name or, or image or likeness on them 30 percent of them regret it and a lot of people, a lot of people end up getting it covered up yeah they end up getting it covered up or they get the laser because relationships come and go like even marriages like i'll even go to say like even marriages like what the stats say 50 percent of marriages end in divorce right right even if you share a child with that person it's still the relationship ends things change people change circumstances change all types of things um and i'm not trying to like say that in a disparaging manner or be like the uh love never wins but i feel like you know, that's an extreme measure of showcasing like your love for somebody. Right. So I, yeah, I, I don't recommend it. And I, you know, I'm totally a subscriber of, you know, the blood situation. Like I have my mom on one arm, I have my daughter on, on the other arm. So again, that can't be undone. Right. Yeah, it's different, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I, I think that's, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't recommend it. In regards to like having like your girlfriend or you, it just if because because see and this is my my point like just to add on to what you're saying like even if you it's your wife or you married or something right again you life can bring you whatever so all relationships are gonna are gonna stay together right but at least the intent right is it's a reflection of your admiration of the person but it's a part of that forever bond right so you're getting as close as you can to that blood bond right but a lot of time when you're getting somebody's name that's just your paramour right the intent a lot of times the intention behind it is usually you know um it uh, what's the word i'm struggling to find um you might be again i don't want to i I don't want to say literally, but they might be obsessed with the person, right? Or um, this is a honeymoon period, right? Or you want to show the person your loyalty, right? Or you want to present some grand gesture, right? All of these things, right, that have nothing to do with the reason why you would put somebody's name permanently on your body if they're connected to you through blood, right? <laughs> you would None of those reasons would be a reason why you would put your child on you. 
you know, you know, as pretty as their face might be at one particular moment of development at one age, you're not going to say, oh, she looks so cute at six. I'm going to put her on my chest. You're going to be like, I'm going to put her on my chest because that's my daughter and I love her. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it, I, that's why I brought up the intent part of it. Right. And when you're just somebody's paramour, I think it's more likely that, you know, it's the honeymoon phase and, you know, you got those big eyes and it's bright lights and you want to impress the person and, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, rather than the other reasons why somebody would put somebody on, on their body that's either deceased or that's their mother or that's their, you know, child. So to each his own, it is what it is. Yeah. And I, I think it falls into that category of like just having this, huge infatuation with another person and then, like you said showcasing the the loyalty aspect of it yo right? like, i'm glad I mean, you said that y'all was sitting there for 30 seconds trying to find that's that's the that's what i was trying to find if that i got it yeah my, my my guy that's what i was trying to find. i got you don't even worry about it. i got it <laughs> been a long it was, it was at the rim i was like yeah no let me let me just bring it home real quick you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah i think it's it showcases, you know, and I don't want to go as far as saying there's like an attachment type of aspect, but I do believe it's like, okay, there's an, and there's an element of I'm putting this person's name. I'm showing you how, you know, loyal I am to the cause, right? To us. This is my ultimate, like you said, gesture, how I feel about you. Because in relationships, that's how it usually goes. From from my perspective, you know what I mean. Like that's how it usually goes. Like, it, and again, we're just talking anecdotal stuff. But most of the time, it's usually one person that's kind of more into the other, and it's like, yo, I'm gonna show my man that I'm down with him, right? I'm gonna show my girl that she's the only one, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah not a good idea, people. Yeah, don't recommend it. So that's that's uh, Dr. Kyle and Dr. Jason's uh, recommendation. Uh, teach his own. You have a right. You can. It's your money, your body. You can do whatever you want. However, proceed with caution. Think it through. All right. Now, I'm not mad at matching tattoos. Um, you know, when people get married, I, I get the concept. Um, the stats and numbers aren't so great on that, also. But I get it. Do you see what I mean? And I guess both people. So I guess it's kind of a, a collaboration kind of aspect and more of a non-traditional aspect as opposed to like engagement rings or wedding bands. People get the matching tattoos. I, I get that also. But again, something to proceed with caution. Um, I don't know if the ability to kind of get it covered up or um, what the laser removal treatment has increased people's because now folks are even more kind of cavalier with it. Where they say, oh, I can just get it covered up. Right. Um, so I think a lot of times when you have like these corrective measures that kind of <laughs> increases the behavior sometimes because they're just like, ah, I can get it corrected, I can get it fixed. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there are other different ways, you know, for you to show your love for somebody and your dedication and your loyalty. Um, you know, the infatuation it it you know, it, it tends to kind of fade out with time. And then again, there comes the regret if the relationship goes south or doesn't work out. So um, make sure you think that through on the other side. I agree, man. Can't add nothing to that. I agree. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, Jack? Nah, man. Just, um, of course, you know, always want to thank everybody who's riding with us. You know, it takes the time to, to listen to the episode. We appreciate it. Um, you know, we're going to get 2024. We're going to you know, do our best to get back up to um, 
you know, an episode every week. Um, you know, obviously alternating between the two. So we appreciate everybody that listens um, and all the questions that we get and all of that. Yes, sir. Yeah, appreciate the love. Again, uh, continue to send uh, your, your comments and your feedback. We love it. Continue to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about the about what we're doing here. And, um, yeah, we're going to continue to keep pumping out that decent, good edutainment that you all have come to love. So, um, everybody have a safe Valentine's Day. Um, don't overdo it. Again, like we just said, it's one day. You know, don't get caught up in too much of the of the rush. All right, everybody be safe. Uh, and that's about it, Jay. Until next time. All right, bro. I'm going to text you about the other show. Yes, sir. All right, have a good one, man. Later. All right.